What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Movement PT Coffee Cast. My name's Dalton, and I'm coming at you with an espresso cast today. I hope you all are doing well. I'm excited to be here. Before we get into the topic of the episode, I just wanted to um, do a couple announcements. One, just wanted to thank you guys, as always, for the constant support um, of the podcast, of Instagram, of our coffee. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. We really do mean that. Um, every message, um, subscription, comment that you guys leave motivates us and we want to continue to try to put out the best content for you. With that being said, we'd love to hear your feedback. So one, if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review on our podcast, that'd be great. And if you could share it with one other person just to keep the podcast getting out there and spreading, that would also be very much appreciated. If you guys want to further support us, you can head over to our website, themovementpts.com, and buy a bag of the original blend. It's the official coffee of rehab. If you're a rehab professional out there listening, you definitely should give it a try. And if you're just uh, the public and you want to get a good cup of coffee, head over, get a bag, let us know what you think. Uh, I personally prefer brewing it in the AeroPress, but it's also great in a French press, pour over. I mean, if you want to, you can put it in the Keurig little disposable cups, but I say if you're drinking your coffee like that, I highly suggest you get an AeroPress or a French press. Nonetheless, head over, support us, get a bag. We'd really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, so let's um, let's dive in today, into today's topic. So I want to just bring up a little case that came up um, in clinic for myself uh, with one of my clients and just talk a little bit about what I learned from that scenario. Um, so I had been working with um, this person for quite some time and I would say this is like the first case that I had where I really um, struggled with not really knowing what was going on and, and kind of how the rehab process was going to play out. Um, just to set a little bit of context, uh, I have was working with this person with a knee injury. They came to me. This was like their second injury to the knee. The last time they had it done, uh, had hurt themselves. They didn't really do any rehab. They just went and got some passive therapy and then had gone back to work and re-injured um, the knee. And so when they came to me, they were really painful, really swollen, very limited range of motion, I would say like 60 to 70 degrees of knee flexion. Um, There was no damage in terms of like a a tear of ligaments or meniscus or anything like that. Um, Only thing that really stood out was a potential um, MCL sprain. Um, But this person's function was was severely limited. Um, They were a young person. They were off work. Um, and they're coming to me, um, to get some help, obviously. So we had been working together, you know, for the first couple weeks, working on the basic stuff, starting to, to work on range of motion, work on strengthening, um, going over like just some of the functional tasks that she needs to complete in her everyday life, like going upstairs. Um, and you know, things were moving along in a positive direction, but, uh, we're going a little bit slowly in terms of like gaining her range back, which is re- which was really limiting her in how she was walking, how she was going upstairs, and overall her function, like getting up and down from chairs and and all this stuff. Um, so she was really struggling with that. And then we started making some leeway, and she had a she had a setback. Um, she had a flare up. We went backwards. Um, her range got even worse. Um, she was in more pain, more swollen, um, and it just really wasn't a dark place both for her. Um, and I wouldn't say I was in a dark place, but it was kind of difficult, you know, in that situation, having to try and continue to have her focus on the positives and 
you know, continue to push forward because this is something that she was really struggling with. And we had had conversations about how, you know, she was worried that like, I'm never going to be able to kneel to the ground again, or I'm never going to be able to get up and down from the ground again. I'm not going to be able to bike and do all of these things that she loved. Um, so, you know, being in this place of struggling for so long, making a little progress and then getting set back, you know, it was my part of my role to, you know, try to reframe and refocus her towards, um, the fact that we can still improve this. And I think for me, this was challenging because like I, I was very, you know, hopeful that she would get better. And based off of what I did know objectively, like there wasn't anything serious going on that would prevent her from not reaching those, those goals. Um, as we continued on for another couple of weeks, we're probably at about two, three months now working together at this point, still really struggling. Um, so I decided to, you know, refer her back to her doctor and get get looked at by a specialist to see if there's anything further going on. Um, and everything came back again, nothing, no problems, um, continue with conservative care, which is great. So, you know, that kind of, again, allowed me to reinforce to her, hey, listen, um, you know, there's no significant, you know, damage here. There's nothing sinister going on. All we're going to do is continue to focus on improving your range of motion, improving your strength, improving your function and gearing everything in our session towards getting you back to your goals of riding a bike, um, getting up and down from the floor and just being able to walk, um, with a normal gait pattern. Um, and at this point we obviously had been playing with like, different, different exercises, different ways to challenge her. Um, we've been working on balancing her volume and load. So like she worked, she was working a lot and, and you know, that could be the reason why she was still swollen. So we were playing with like having her take, you know, breaks or take time off work, which she did end up doing, um, herself. You know, she ended up saying like, I need to take time off to be able to focus on this, which I was very impressed with. Um, and you know, it was just great to see that she was, you know, committing to the process of, of the rehab journey, which then again made, put a little bit more pressure on me, not in a bad way, but made me want to make sure that I was doing my best to help facilitate her to getting back to what she wanted to do. Um, so she did that. We changed up some of the, the exercises and some of the ways we were approaching it. Um, she was very much focused on her range of motion and the fact that it wasn't getting back to where she wanted it. Um, and we kind of, um, she kind of ruminated on that a lot. So we stopped really just making that the main focus of sessions. And we started focusing on functional things like improving walking, improving, um, balancing on a bent knee, improving strength, squatting down to a chair, all of that stuff. Um, and we started to see some improvements with her range, with her function, with the feelings of stiffness and pain and tightness in her knee. Um, so we started to make slow progress, which was great um, for her because it gave her that positive boost that she needed to know that like, hey, even though this is taking a while um, and I'm making small gains um, and it's not as fast as I wanted it to be, um, we are moving forward, which was great and made it easy for me, easier for me to reinforce that we just need to continue to commit to the process. Um, fast forward, you know, another month from that period of time and we're kind of at where we are now and she's continuing to do great. Like the last session I had with her, you know, she's back to, you know, she's back to walking properly. Her gait looks great. Um, she's going up and down stairs now without fear or with, with like proper 
technique or form, if you want to call it that. Um, she was able to tolerate sitting in a car for three, four hours without any problems, something she wasn't able to do before. She, you know, she started walking to work. Um, just all these different things that she wanted to do, you know, um, she's starting to do. We were able to get her to control her knee down and touch the floor, which is something she has not been able to do for months. And she was extremely happy about being able to do that. Um, and again, just more of the motivation needed for her to continue to commit to the process of it all. Um, the reason why I bring this story up, because it was a really good learning experience for me in the sense that, you know, sometimes things do take more time than we think, and you're going to have to continue to commit to this person, um, even when you don't really know 100% why things are happening the way they're happening. Um, you know, I didn't really know why things were taking so long. There wasn't really anything pointing to it. Um, so for me, it was, you know, a little challenging in terms of like, okay, what, what variables and things can I continue to try and, um, work with to help her improve. And I think what we tend to do now in the rehab world or this, this, this picture we tend to paint and again people come in with this expectation of a quick fix and they're in and they're out um, and they're supposed to get better in one two sessions which when that doesn't happen then they end up just quitting when they don't see you know improvements within the first couple sessions or they don't see what they you know what they're ex they're expecting within the first couple sessions they they give up on it um, so this was very challenging yet refreshing for me um, and the fact that like I was working with someone who was committed, they were 100% committed to the the process of um, what we were going to do. Um, they, you know, they had setbacks that were hard, but they continued to commit to that. And that's what rehab is. And I just wanted to share the story because I think it's important that we continue to talk about things that like situations like this so that people start to realize that these things do take time and there's it's going to take hard work and it's going to take failure and there's going to take times where you really don't think you're going to get better but you need to continue to push through it and not give up because if you sell yourself short then you're never going to get better um and that kind of leads me into this quote that I recently just had a conversation with one of my good friends um, and a mentor, um, Will Hogendorn, and he mentioned this quote, and it really, really struck me for, on many levels, like even for myself. It was this idea of staying consistent when the program is not fruitful. And this can be not just related to rehab or, you know, strength program. This is can be even related to life. Like things are not going to go as planned all the time. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be times of success and happiness. But in the end, you know, you got to commit to the program when it's not fruitful, when it's not the best circumstances, when you don't want to go in and do the exercise, when you don't want to commit to taking time off of things that you want to do or managing volume or managing load or whatever it is. Um, those are the times where you need to dig in and stay consistent. And I think we've you know, perpetuated this society of like, if things don't happen right away, then I'm giving up and I'm moving on to the next thing. And that's just not helping anyone. So um, I just hope that we as a, as a profession, as physiotherapists, as people that are 
you know, interacting with people on the daily, that we continue to push this idea of staying consistent to the program, committing to the process, not looking for quick fixes, reinforcing that sometimes we don't really know what's going on or why you're reacting this way, but we're going to continue to try things, manipulate variables, and continue to do things in clinic or in the gym that are going to get you back to the things that you love. And I think if we continue to push that to the public, then people are going to come in to see us with a better expectation and we won't be fighting from um, a, a crappy standpoint right off the bat. Yeah, so I think I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. Keep it quick, about 12 minutes. Um, I hope you know that makes sense and you guys took a little bit away from it. As always, I, I would love to hear your feedback. You know, if you have a story of when you had a difficult, challenging situation where you had to, you know, have someone, again, commit to the process or reframe things. And, and you know, I would like you to share it with me because it, it helps me, you know, know that I'm not the only one out there that struggles with this at times. And I think, again, as we tell more of these stories and we put these things out into the public's eye and we create this understanding of how the rehab process is supposed to be and that it's not, you know, sunshine and rainbows all the time, I think we can start helping more people. So thank you for listening, guys. If you want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, you can search at the MVMTPTs and give us a follow. If you want to send us an email, you can send us an email, themovementpts at gmail.com. Again, if you like this episode or any other episode that we've put out, please share it with one other person. Like, subscribe, leave us a review on iTunes. And again, guys, if you want a bag of the original blend, please head to themovementpts.com, get yourself a bag, get it brewing, and let us know what you think. Peace.